everyone, and welcome to Podfix by KB Stories. My name is Jess, and today I'm going to be reading you a one-shot of mine called Favorite Things. This is my very first Podfix, and the way I want to handle it is that I read out the tags to you, um, the title again, the summary, and everything you need to know beforehand. Um, I'll read you the story itself, and then I'll keep my, most of my commentary about the story or, you know, my work um, at the very end. So if you want, you can stick around for that. And if not, well, enjoy the story. Um, and before I jump into it, actually, I do want to um, say that because this is my very first potfic, um, it might not be as technically polished um, as I can be once I've tried my hands a little bit at this. So apologies for that already. And um, yeah, this is a story for the My Hero Academia fandom um, and for the Kiribaku ship. So if that's uh, not your jam, then I'm sorry. Um, I have some other fandoms uh, that I wrote for as well. Maybe someday I'll get around to those. But um, yeah, My Hero Academia and like Kiribaku are like my current haunt, if you will. So I thought that I would start with that. Um, about the story itself, so it's a tag general audiences, so there is nothing too rough ahead, and there are also no archive warnings. Um, it's for the Kiribaku ship, so Bakugo Katsuki and Kirishima Ijiro, from My Hero Academia. And the additional tags are Quirk Accident, Bako Squad Shenanigans, Tooth Rotting Fluff, and I'm talking marshmallow levels of fluff here, which is true. Um, first Kiss, Soft Bakugo Katsuki, which is, must be my very favorite tag. Um, and Kiri is soft too, but that's just common sense. So it's part of a, a series called Stories from Elsewhere, which indicates that I wrote this uh, one for Twitter, actually. And uh, maybe fittingly, since this is my first pot fic, um, this was also my very first Twitter thread back in 2021. Wow, it's been a while. Um, so it was an experiment, and um, the version I'm reading out to you guys today is the AO3 version, so it's been edited and polished and stuff, um, but if you notice that it's built a little bit like a Twitter thread, that's why. In terms of length, it's five and a half thousand words, all in one chapter, so I'm going to be reading it out all in one piece. And um, yeah, let, I'll say let's uh, get into it. So the title is Favorite Things by KB Stories, and the summary goes, Because that's the thing. Kirishima loves Bakugo, is pretty sure he's in love with him, big red hearts and butterflies and all. And he was pretty sure that Bakugo doesn't return those feelings, would have sworn it on his favorite signed Crimson Riot poster not even 24 hours ago. But Kirishima has learned a lot of things about Bakugo since then. Kirishima gets hit by a mind-reading quirk, Bakugo gets involved in more ways than one. Bakugo's thoughts are Kirishima's favorite channel. Kirishima tunes into them like they're a podcast, the bursts of in introspection at the periphery of his mind, soothing with how familiar Bakugo's voice is to him. Musings and observations, gravel rough yet calm. If it were a podcast he's listening to, it would be one with a hell of a chaotic update schedule. Kirishima has to really focus to make those thoughts into more than indistinct murmurs. Bakugo seems to be thinking about a myriad of things at any given moment, so it's hard to understand even then. Not really a constant tap on the guy's stream of consciences, more like a glimpse, the comforting presence of a loved one on the other side of a door, their absent-minded humming filtering through the gap. 
Because that's the thing. Kirishima loves Bakugo, is pretty sure he's in love with him. Big red hearts and butterflies and all. And he was pretty sure that Bakugo doesn't return those feelings. Would have sworn it on his favorite signed Crimson Riot poster, not even 24 hours ago. But Kirishima has learned a lot of things about Bakugo since then. Gaining access to people's thoughts, including those of his crush slash best friend, is quite the development. It's not what Kirishima signed up for when he joined Fat Gum on his morning patrol, but it's certainly what he got after a civilian stumbled into him and started apologizing profusely. Did I touch him with my palm? A woman had whispered, a little frantic. Not like spoken word, more like impressions projected straight into his brain. Mr. Hero, can you hear me right now? Kirishima had only blinked, his dumbfounded stare apparently passing some sort of test, because the lady nodded to herself and relaxed instantly. Nope, okay, it's all under control. Perfect. Where was I? The internal monologue just kept going, touching upon the image of a grocery list and the shops still left to visit while Fatgum told her not to worry and to have a nice day. Kirishima had been too busy coming to terms with the fact that he definitely heard this random woman's thoughts and that, yep, that was his mentor's voice wondering, is Lil Riot okay? He looks a little out of it. One confession of accidental mind-reading abilities later, Fatgum had sent him home with a pat on the back and a promise from Kirishima to go to Recovery Girl if the quirk turns uncomfortable in any way. And Kirishima had fully intended to inform his class of the reason why he showed up to homeroom after having waved them goodbye a mere hour earlier. But it's not that easy to get a word in when every person clamors to know if everything's alright, both via their mouths and with their brains. Yeah, this isn't getting any less weird. In any case, thinking thoughts very, very loudly until... Huh, Kirishima's back. Glad he's okay. Kirishima zeroes in on the oasis of calm that is Bakugo. Bakugo looks back at him, one eyebrow twitching upwards in silent challenge. Yet what he thinks is, can't these dickheads shut up for a second? He'll talk about whatever happened when he's ready. There's a thread of protectiveness connecting every word. For a fraction of a second, Kirishima sees the hallway to their rooms, a hand knocking on a door, himself opening said door. Bakugo's gaze cuts away to Aizawa, and the mental image disappears. Kirishima blinks, struggling to process that Bakugo calls him by his actual name and his thoughts, much less everything else. Holy shit. Take your seat, Kirishima, draws Aizawa in his usual monotone, lacking any added layers or sensations whatsoever. Does Aizawa's quirk make him immune? As I was saying... Needless to say, Kirishima spends the rest of homeroom and a good chunk of present Mike's class figuring out how this new quirk of his works. One, it's only really effective in direct line of sight. Trying to read a crowd gives him a headache, so he focuses on one person at a time. Two, given it's less thoughts per se and more someone's way of perceiving reality, only those he knows well already are a comfortable presence in his head, which narrows down the possible pool of people to the squad. Three, while he can close his eyes and thus be alone in his thoughts again, he hasn't found a way to turn off the quirk entirely. If Kirishima wants to, like, continue participating in life, he has to risk listening in on someone until it fades, which could be anywhere from a few hours from now to a few days. Kirishima will give it one day. One day for the quirk to wear off, and then he'll be able to tell his class what's up without immediately getting slammed with a wall of pure emotions for his trouble. Each and every friend of Kirishima's has an incredibly specific view of the world, and it's fascinating to see. 
Like, Sarah spent a good few minutes imagining what would happen if he'd stick one long line of tape to every single classmate and poor, unsuspecting Mike, and pulled. Ashido's thoughts swirl with colors and shapes and textures of all different fabrics, which start to make sense once Kirishima catches a glance at her notes and sees they're full of sketches of her hero costume. He didn't even know she's planning a redesign. They really gotta catch up on Ejiro and Mina time this week. The mindscape Kaminari inhabits is similarly chaotic, if only because he's zipping back and forth between five different trains of thought at the same time and keeping up with even one of them sounds exhausting. Then there's Zero, whose brain is like switching on a radio station that has no intention of sticking to a genre. Kirishima listens to smooth jazz, immediately followed by new metal-esque screaming, and decides to revisit when Mike isn't teaching them exam-related stuff. So, Bakugo it is. Bakugo, who is actually paying attention in class, bless his nerdy heart. Most of his internal monologue seems to be following exactly what Mike is saying, then drifting off into different examples of that same thing, only to snap back once Mike moves on to the next point. Methodical, clean, and precise, like clockwork. It's easier for Kirishima to follow Bakugo's version of the lesson than the lesson itself. Before long, he finds himself with his chin in his hand, pretending to look out the window while his eyes are trained on Bakugo's back. It happens with Midnight in Art History too, and then in Ectoplasm's math class. Only, that's not all Bakugo thinks about, no. Midnight presents them an overview of different woodblock prints from the Edo period, along with their year of origin. Bakugo goes through it top to bottom, and there at the end of the list, Kirishima catches an impression of the dates lighting up in yellow, the names in purple. Hiroshige and Hokusai, murmurs Bakugo in Kirishima's head. Kaminari will recognize the great wave, at least. Gonna need more visuals for the other artists, though. When Ectoplasm hands out worksheets at the end of class, Bakugo takes one look at it and spends half of their lunch break musing on how to best break it down for Kirishima later, or if they should study it all today. Is Kirishima up for it? He's been spacing out all day. While he's chewing on his curry right next to Kirishima, average amounts of Bakugo grumpiness on his face. Bakugo rolls his eyes at something Sarah is snickering about and thinks, good to see him happy. Jiro talks about this obscure band she found that fits none of their music tastes, and yet there Bakugo sits, mentally shoving his holy sleep schedule back by half an hour to listen to an album of theirs before bed. Fifteen minutes after that, he's getting roped into dance training with Ashido later in the week, huffing and puffing on the outside and full of praise for her skills on the inside. By that point, Kirishima has to force himself to look elsewhere. It's one thing to be aware Bakugo likes them beyond what his grouchy old self lets on, and another to hear him plot through their study sessions and hangouts with nothing but fondness. Closing his eyes, Kirishima wills away the sappy tears welling up. I'm not gonna cry about Bakugo being secretly soft, I'm not gonna cry, I'm not, I'm not... Shitty hair. Kirishima clears his throat. <clears throat> yeah, bro? Looking at the ceiling before he looks at the half-empty plate in front of Bakugo. Anything but Bakugo himself, or he'll lose it immediately. Lunch rush, fuck up your food or something? Eat. We got hero training in 10. Bakugo's words are followed by Kirishima's tray being pushed closer to him, and, a hesitant second later, an apple jelly pouch placed on top too. Even though Kirishima has his own strawberry-flavored one, and that's the only snack Bakugo allows himself on a day-to-day -day basis. Oh fuck, screw secret softness, Kirishima can take Bakugo being openly soft even less right now. No wait, he can do this. He's Red Riot. He can make it through another day of loving Bakugo intensely, without his heart bursting through his chest. 
He's done it before, he can do it again. No problem at all. Yes. Kirishima steals himself with a slow inhale that turns into a yawn so he can rub the moisture out of his eyes. Aw, Baku, thanks. Eating up ASAP, I'm just a little sleepy. Math, you know. Then, because guilt is eating him up, you sure you don't want yours? There's no way Kirishima can get through an entire interaction with Bakugo without looking at him. He shakes the jelly pouch for emphasis and glances at Bakugo's face. One quick little glance. Innocent enough, hopefully. Bakugo's eyes narrow, on Kirishima, on the pointy tips of his teeth poking out from his waning yawn. Nah, keep it, he says. Thinks, why is he so cute? Fucking shark teeth. Shit. It is then, in that exact moment, with Bakugo turning away to finish his curry and Kirishima fighting off a blush that would make a stop sign look dull in comparison, that he realizes the true depth of the predicament he's in. He really, really didn't sign up for this. Twenty minutes into heroics, it occurs to Kirishima that he can't do this, actually. For once, it's not up to willpower or conviction or pushing his quirk beyond all limits and gritting his teeth against the pain. It's not about the doubts Kirishima can't quite rid himself of, tendrils of fear reaching for his heart with every sentence that starts at what if. It's none of the ghosts that haunt Kirishima at night, neither the shaken expression on Bakugo's face as he watched All Might's final battle flicker over every screen, nor Fat Gum getting punched within an inch of his life, every bit the shield Kirishima couldn't be. What breaks Kirishima this time isn't a physical force or his own shortcomings or a harrowing once-in-a-lifetime event. It's the sight of Bakugo, feral grin in place, and thoughts streamlined to a brilliant point of win, 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 as he goes after the top score held by Todoroki. And the moment his eyes land on Kirishima, and that grin tempers to a smile, softer, and those thoughts turn warm. Warm like sunlight on naked skin, like a good meal after a day spent out in nature, the mountain air cold enough to cloud every breath. Like watching a movie again and again, for that one action scene that's so perfectly choreographed and executed, it becomes pure comfort. Bakugo looks at Kirishima, and Kirishima sees himself through his eyes, bright and glowing like he's something precious, someone unique, confident, strong, and breathtakingly beautiful. It's exactly how Bakugo looks to Kirishima. It's love, simple and straightforward like little else's in life. I can't do this, Kirishima thinks, Bakugo heading towards him with sweat dripping from his chin, shoulders relaxed, happy because that top score is his and he knows Kirishima will demand they knock fists to celebrate it as they always do. I can't do this, Kirishima tells him instead, head full of admiration worth five people, or perhaps just two, just him and Bakugo and the desperate hope that there is ground to stand on on the other side of a leap of faith. There is no way Kirishima can keep pretending the world hasn't shifted beneath his feet, that he doesn't know. This changes everything, and Kirishima wants. A day is simply too long to wait. Huh? Bakugo's smile dims, falls off his lips entirely. His idle daydream gives way to confusion, blooming concern. Can't do what? A rapid-fire mind circling a problem with too many blank spaces to solve it. Yet they are surrounded by classmates, narrowly escaping their questioning glances by the merits of Midoriya, absolutely crushing the training exercise they're supposed to be paying attention to. Bakugo doesn't even notice, focused entirely on Kirishima. I gotta tell you something, Kirishima explains without explaining, wincing at the immediate flash of alarm in Bakugo's eyes. It's not bad. Well, you definitely won't like parts of it, but... Okay, just give me a second. 
He needs Bakugo alone for this. It's not like Bakugo has the habit of involving other people like most members of the squad tend to do. Still, Kirishima grabs Bakugo's hand, uncaring of how sweaty it is, and drags him along to where Aizawa is already watching them. Recovery girl? Fatgum called ahead then. Kirishima's appreciation for his mentor shoots up another level, if that's even possible. Nodding, something like that. Or, uh, not at all, he amends, guilty even if it would have been a lie by omission. But yeah, need a moment. Kirishima will go to Recovery Girl later, at some point after he's been exploded into little stony bits for purposefully reading Bakugo's mind for hours on end without his consent. Oof. I'm going with him, Bakugo cuts in before Aizawa can grant the break he's clearly offering them, fingers tightening around Kirishima's. A wordless warning that Kirishima hears loud and clear, quirk or no quirk. The unimpressed blink of Aizawa's remains the same, too. Good old deadpan exasperation that Kirishima is glad not to explore any further. Dismissed, both of you. I'll see you in the morning. Which is code for, bring me a note from Recovery Girl to Homeroom tomorrow, or your toast. Kirishima nods again, sees Bakugo do the same in the corner of his eye, and that's that. They head to the changing rooms, grab their stuff, get cleaned up, and back in their school uniforms in complete silence. Frankly, Kirishima would have expected at least a fraction of the storm brewing in Bakugo's mind to figuratively, or literally, hit him in the face the second they're out of earshot. The tension is definitely there, solid enough to take up physical space between them. It's Kirishima who's taking the lead on this one, and Bakugo the one who follows, and the blatant trust in that gesture alone is nearly enough to make him crack and spill his guts anyway. Not here, not here, a mantra that carries Kirishima the entire way to the dorms. The elevator ride up to the fourth floor is downright brutal. Kirishima's stomach twisted in knots from the nerves and the taste of Bakugo's growing apprehension on his tongue. A brush of shoulders. I'm not dying or anything. Kirishima tries to soothe without looking too closely. Bakugo's thoughts are churning so fast it's nauseating, too quick to catch. A muscle on Bakugo's jaw twitches. He's clenching it that hard. Your room or mine? Bakugo's home turf versus giving Bakugo a space to retweet to when everything is said and done. Kirishima ventures, mine, over the ding of the elevator announcing their arrival. Bakugo shrugs and again he follows, down the hall and past the threshold of Kirishima's door. It shuts behind Kirishima with a definitive click and Bakugo is upon him, arms crossed, mouth set under serious red eyes. Talk, he commands, and oh. Kirishima was so focused on the burning need to tell him that he didn't think of what to say exactly. A headache pulses behind his temples, like his brain is a muscle on the brink of tearing from overexertion. Worn out from processing other people's lives when it's only supposed to be Kirishima in there. Kirishima? A touch to Kirishima's arm, cautious. Bakugo's hand, he recognizes instinctively, skin thick and callous rough to withstand the heat it contains. Look at me, calmer now, gentle, almost. The hell's going on? Kirishima didn't even realize he'd looked away. A deep breath. It's, um, it's kind of weird and I'm already sorry. Hear me out before you kill me, okay? A shy glance reveals Bakugo is already staring at him, gaze flitting left to right to catch Kirishima's. Bakugo's frown deepens. He nods. As if I could ever be mad at you, adds Bakugo's mind, and okay, Kirishima needs to speak up before he goes completely insane. I got hit with a mind-reading quirk while on patrol this morning. There, it's out. Kirishima doesn't let himself stop there either, not even when Bakugo lets go of him and he immediately misses that warmth. This lady ran into me, apparently when she touches people she transfers her quirk or something. 
She didn't think she got me, but that's the thing, bro. I know she was thinking that because I could hear her. Or I could feel a piece of her thought process. I don't know. I can't really explain it. Somewhere in there, Kirishima's gaze wandered again. Shit, he's getting annoyed with himself now. Yeah, it's overwhelming to keep track of two different layers of conversation, the one actually happening, and the one that he shouldn't know about. But it's his quirk accident, his responsibility to handle from the second that quirk activated. Kirishima won't run away. He's not that kind of person, not anymore. This is no exception. When I look at people, Kirishima keeps talking because Bakugo isn't, the small distance between them stretching on endlessly. Kirishima looks, and Bakugo looks back, wide-eyed. When I look at you, softer now, gentle too, I get a glimpse of you, what you're seeing, feeling, thinking in that moment. I can't turn it off, I can only redirect it, and... Bakugo's mind, completely blank from sheer shock, comes roaring back. Oh, fuck. A thought so loud it echoes, reverberating within itself. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Because Bakugo remembers Kirishima spacing out, remembers his absent eyes on his back, tingling pleasantly from the attention, remembers thinking over and over, I like you. I really like you, Katsuki. You're my best friend and the most amazing person I know. Being in your head feels like being at home, and I just... I couldn't help but return, you know? You... Bakugo swallows, arms coming up and around his chest, eyes cutting away. You saw, you heard, that. All day. Guilt crashes into Kirishima with twice the force. I did, yeah. Not everything, but enough. I'm sorry, man. I thought I could wait it out and tell you then. But it, um, the quirk's still there, so. The admission goes through Bakugo like a shiver, a physical thing. Their eyes meet. Can you hear this? Projected clearly into Kirishima's head. Kirishima nods, hesitantly. Bakugo groans, starts to pace, both hands rubbing down his face and pressing against his cheek, blushing an intense shade of pink. Stop that shit, like the blood in his body would fold to the harsh demand just like that. And then, when Kirishima makes a faint choking noise, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. That makes Kirishima laugh, he can't help it. Bakugo squints and bares his teeth, huffing his offense despite the fact that it all lacks any sort of bite. Shitty hair. Sorry, sorry, Kirishima wheezes, physically trying to push his ill-timed chuckling back into himself with the back of his hand. It's not funny, it's really not. I totally get if you're pissed at me. It's, it's a lot, and I should have come clean from the start. A day. You couldn't keep your shitty secret for one fucking day? There's genuine annoyance in Bakugo's voice. It's just not what Kirishima expected Bakugo to be annoyed about in this entire mess. I mean, listen, you keep thinking all the sappy stuff about the squad and about me, and I almost cried three times, bro. How am I supposed to keep a secret like that? It's freaking impossible. You're such a moron. Again, no bite, as Bakugo is flushing to the tips of his ears, and is painfully aware Kirishima knows he doesn't mean it either. You can read minds and didn't even get the full damn story. What kind of bitch-ass quirk did you catch? Well, it's not like I asked for... Wait, what? What full story? Before he can blink, Bakugo has stopped pacing in favor of punching Kirishima's shoulder instead. That one he does mean, Kirishima muttering a quiet ow that Bakugo hisses at. I had plans, dumbass. I wanted to be the one to tell you. But then you started acting off and shit, and I didn't... I had a plan. Couldn't you have waited for one more night? You deserve that. You deserve not to have to reach out for once. All right, that's it. That does it. 
All day, Kirishima has had to scoop up the molten puddle between his ribs and pour it back into a vaguely heart-like shape. No amount of resolve can stop him from tearing up for good now. Bakugo. What? No, wait, stop. You don't get to... Kirishima. Kirishima laughs again, wiping stray tears off his cheeks. You call me that in your head, too. It's so cute. Cute? It's your name, Bakugo tells him, more than exasperated. You called me Katsuki two fucking seconds ago. I did, huh? It's Kirishima's turn to blush. You can call me Ejiro if you wanna. Then Kirishima shakes his head like a dog shaking rain off its fur. That line of conversation pushed far back in his priorities. Dude, I like you. You already said that, Bakugo grumbles. And you, like me. Bakugo grits his teeth, obviously. So? So, we're dating. Boom, just like that. Kirishima gapes at Bakugo. You got a problem with that, shark teeth? In what world is that even remotely a possibility? No, but like, shouldn't we talk about this? A twist to Bakugo's mouth. Maybe, I guess. But I don't... I'm an open book to you right now, and you're not to me. Oh, yeah, that doesn't sound fair. True. After the quirk thing blows over, then? Bakugo nods. Not for the first time, Kirishima's hand goes for Bakugo's. Rough palm against rough palm. Kirishima squeezes, and Bakugo squeezes back. Pout mostly gone. A beat. Um, what now? Bakugo clicks his tongue, says nothing as he pulls Kirishima behind himself, sidestepping the weights on the ground and pushing him into his desk chair. Bakugo sits on the edge of Kirishima's bed, elbows on his knees, hands linked between them. Now we make a new plan. Think that quirk of yours can last another day? The question is asked with a smirk dawning on Bakugo's face, one that spells trouble. Kirishima's answering grin is immediate, all pointy teeth in mischief. I hope it does. Recovery Girl listens to Kirishima's story for a grand total of a minute before she sighs, slides over a box of aspirin, and says, 36 hours. By this time tomorrow, you will get less and less glimpses, then they'll stop altogether soon after. Let me know if the headache persists, but otherwise, your condition is completely harmless. Any questions? Blinking, Kirishima gets as far as, uh, not really, before Bakugo barks, yeah, from where he's slumped in his seat next to him, legs crossed at the knee. The Bakugo version of an attentive position, all things considered. How sure are you about that time frame, and what about long-term effects? What if Rock Brain over here, I don't know, keeps parts of the quirk around or some shit? What then? That's a lot of questions. Good questions, actually. Stuff Kirishima would have come up with late at night, just before falling asleep, and then spent hours and hours failing to rationalize away out of the resulting anxiety. Still, Kirishima elbows Bakugo. Bakugo gives him a pointed look. Let me. Exactly as huffy as it would sound out loud. Permanently transferable quirks don't exist. Kirishima girl interrupts their silent bickering. The narrow-eyed glare Bakugo gives her, puzzling Kirishima as much as it amuses her. Even if they did, which they don't, young Kirishima here is the third case of this I've come across. The quirk will fade, don't you worry. Kirishima's definitely missing parts of the conversation here. Bakugo relaxes, though, gets up and grabs the meds to shake them in front of Kirishima's eyes. Let's go, come on. A swiftly signed note for Aizawa, a hurried bow from Kirishima, then they're off, walking back to the dorms at a leisurely pace. Night is falling, the oncoming winter announcing itself with shorter and shorter days, a touch of snow in every inhale. Bakugo seems a little cold, a sensation that filters through their one-sided bond more than any physical gesture, so Kirishima stays close. 
Bakugo's hand brushes Kirishima's, his pinky caught before Bakugo conquers the gaps between his fingers, like he's always belonged there. Careful, warm, the pad of Bakugo's thumb rubbing a tentative rhythm into Kirishima's skin. Kirishima's cheeks are warm as well, his giddy smile pressed into Bakugo's shoulder. I'm gonna miss this, he tells him, a low whisper. What this is, exactly, he can't properly define. They will have each other after the quirk is gone, this closeness that's both new and the continuation of something familiar. That extra bit of insight is just a reassurance, the nudge of Bakugo's thoughts against his, a comfort, to feel how neatly their edges fit together. Bakugo gets Kirishima, he always will, leans into their connection and hums. Me too. Kirishima wishes Bakugo could read his mind instead, to show him the aspects of himself he so rarely acknowledges, the gentleness, the myriad of ways he cares, the tiny bursts of happiness over important things and mundane things, otherwise lost to the whirlwind that are their lives. If Kirishima is radiant as a sun in Bakugo's eyes, then Bakugo is the wide-open sky in his, thunderstorms and deep dark night, and golden morning light, and every shade of red in between. This moment in time will fade, will become part of the story they will tell many, many times over. By then, Kirishima hopes he will have found the words to translate every adoring beat of his heart for Bakugo. Kirishima definitely loves Bakugo. Butterflies, big red hearts, nothing has changed about that. Kirishima also hates Bakugo because his best friend and newly minted boyfriend is wonderful in a million ways that take away Kirishima's breath at a moment's notice. And he's a gremlin, a brilliant, evil gremlin of a man dead set on making Kirishima's life hell. See, when he agreed to aid Bakugo's frankly ruthless revenge campaign for all the pranks the squad has pulled on him this year, Kirishima had automatically assumed they'd be allies, partners in crime. Like, he'd always figured Bakugo would eventually cash in on some of the threats he's thrown around with an impressive variety of insults to go along with them. Bakugo forgives but doesn't forget, that sort of thing. It turns out Bakugo doesn't even forgive, not without making the people who wronged him suffer first. So, like a fool, Kirishima trusted him and didn't breathe a word of the quirk situation to anyone else. All throughout breakfast, him and Bakugo have been completing each other's sentences, moving as one, a level of synchronization that has their friends freaked out in the matter of minutes. Dude, what the- how? Kaminari yells, stumbling to his feet beside a bewilderedly blinking Jiro. Kirishima has briefly stopped talking to catch the pancake Bakugo launches at him from the kitchen with a confident chomp of sharp teeth, not unlike a dog catching a frisbee. How what? Kirishima asks, the picture of innocence. Equally disturbed and squinting with a healthy dose of skepticism, Saro mutters, Did you two unlock best friend telepathy or something? If only you knew, Kirishima thinks, munching on delicious, if incredibly hot, since straight from the pan, Bakugo food. On their way to class, Kirishima rattles off the number pi, flawlessly up to a good dozen decimals, on a dare, since Bakugo is the exact kind of nerd who has stuff like that memorized. Ashiro had gone a little pastel pink around the edges by the time Kirishima smiles brightly and goes, or something like that, his head filled with Bakugo's internal cackling. No cheating had been the first rule they agreed on for this, meant for surprise tests and their individual contributions in class, and not, well giving Kirishima's oldest friend heart palpitations via math. All this practice has made Kirishima incredibly proficient with those mind-reading powers, borrowed as they may be. Which means that, after an uneventful hour of homeroom in which Kirishima dutifully delivers recovery girl's notice, he settles in to attend Mike's lesson through Bakugo's eyes, and is mentally slapped with the image of muscles moving under sweat-slick skin, a wonderfully developed bicep flexing, then relaxing. 
Kirishima can't suppress the choked squeak that falls from his mouth, waving off Mike's head tilt of concern with frantic urgency. Face burning a bright hot red, Kirishima tries to blink away the... Was it a bodybuilder? Or one of the wrestlers Kirishima has a not-so-sneaky man crush on? There's no way in hell Kirishima will tune in to check. Clearly it's a trap, but... It's not much, not even a chuckle or anything, more an amused huff. Kirishima is looking before he can stop himself. Bakugo's mouth covered by his hand, like he's thinking hard on what Mike is saying. The corners of Bakugo's eyes are crinkling, though, a soft ejiro tickling the back of Kirishima's mind, impossible to ignore. This time, it's the smell of grilled meat, a, t- a truly beautiful ribeye steak sizzling over an open fire. It doesn't matter Kirishima has had breakfast a short while ago, and technically isn't hungry, he's swallowing his own saliva like three times as Bakugo walks through the process of cooking it to perfection in excruciating detail. Fuck, of course Bakugo would weaponize the use of Kirishima's given name. He sounds so fond, even as he goes back to torturing Kirishima with, yep, that's his favorite wrestler's abs right there. Kirishima has stared at those long enough to recognize them on the spot. This has to count as cheating. Not only can't Kirishima use a single brain cell for class when Bakugo parades around the things he likes without shame, he also can't get back at him without ratting himself out in the same breath. Again, the wish arises to give Bakugo the quirk. Kirishima would return fire with a fine selection of the most embarrassing All Might merch he has witnessed in Bakugo's room with his own two eyes. Maybe one or two instances of natural geometry so satisfying to look at, Bakugo will climb over his considerable pride to ask for the reference. Bakugo won't be able to resist a succulent growing in perfectly symmetrical little spikes. Neat things get to him, Kirishima has no qualms about flexing his in-depth Bakugo knowledge now. Yet he keeps coming back, keeps heeding that call. Ejiro, Ejiro, followed by things that make Kirishima blush, that make him happy. Glimpses of the puppy they saw two weeks ago, a smile made of little fangs and a delightfully pink tongue. The memory of the first time Kirishima achieved Unbreakable, and the unprecedented levels of badass he had looked to Bakugo. By the time the bell rings for lunch break, Kirishima stomps over to Bakugo and drags him away like he did the day before, out of the classroom, down two hallways, until they're blissfully alone. Katsuki, he starts, turning on his heel. A0. Bakugo's grin, finally uncovered, smug, big enough to show his canines, reaching glinting red with ease. Close your eyes, will ya? It's another one of their rules, a safeguard for Bakugo's privacy that Kirishima insisted on himself. Kirishima trusts Bakugo, so he does, pouting all the same. For how long? I still want to chew you out, bro. All kinds of weird to be suddenly alone in his mind. Bakugo's voice is close. Chew me out later, all snark and indulgence. And Kirishima's face is cupped in gentle rough hands, warm, so warm. Gonna kiss you, closer still, calm like Bakugo is merely informing Kirishima of the thoughts he's missing out on. Before Kirishima's heart can finish skipping a beat, there are soft lips brushing his, nervous in their fleetingness, a tender touch. Eyes resolutely closed, Kirishima reaches up to grasp Bakugo's wrist, his thumb resting lightly over Bakugo's racing pulse. Kisses him back, just as clumsy, just as nervous, chest so full it's bound to explode for real any minute now. Then it's over. Bakugo exhales a breath against Kirishima's mouth, a sigh of relief or one of those quiet, fond laughs of his. It's what you get for stealing my thunder, he says in the small, intimate space between them, and Kirishima doesn't need to look to know he's smiling that smile again. Out of the favorite things Bakugo has shown Kirishima, this is the best one by far. And that's the end of Favorite Things by KB Stories. 
um, back then in the end notes I had written, sometimes you just want to see your faves be incredibly soft and gentle with each other and nothing else. And that is still very much true. <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you guys for joining me to those who are now clicking off. Um, thanks for listening to this little experiment of mine. And yeah, to those who want to stick around, I hope that um, you enjoyed this little story. I'm very fond of it still, just because as a creative, uh, trying out new things is always a little bit intimidating, honestly, and especially trying out a new format, a new medium for a story. Um, I'm very much one of those uh, more old school writers who started writing around 2015. So AO3 has been my main haunt for a long time. And uh, hopping on Twitter to write uh, fan fiction, especially fan fiction that like is written live was really intimidating actually but at the same time it helped me combat a problem that I have and I I'm sure that a lot of writers um, struggle with this a little bit which is over editing actually so um, when it comes to my AO3 store oh my god there's a car driving by sorry um, when it comes to my stories on AO3 I tend to edit and edit and edit and edit all over again every time I look at it. Um, I try to, you know, take out typos, obviously, and like obvious mistakes like that. But also just, I used to go back and change stories to adapt them to my new style or like to mm, my better style once I've gained a few years of experience. And while for some that might be like, I don't know, a good exercise or some folks like to work on their stories, um, you know, long, a long time after they've been completed. Um, my goal is more to accept the stories that I um, write as kind of like a witness of their time in a sense. So like I write these stories in a certain context and like, you know, how I was doing back then or like something that was um, in my mind on my mind um and so going back to edit it and to change stuff um I don't know kind of feels like correcting that past in a sense and I don't really want to do that um so to get my mind off you know this story has to be perfect and stuff and I have to like keep working on it long after it's been completed and published um Twitter has actually been really helpful because uh, at least how it's currently um, you tweet something and you can't edit it. So it's really a good exercise in like committing to, uh, your story, the way that you want to write it and also kind of committing or like mm, accepting a first draft for what it is. So when I tweet, um, fix on, on Twitter, I'm pretty open with the fact that it's either barely edited or not edited at all. It's just like first draft, um, you know, the first, like, path that my brain took with a story. So what I do is um, when I transfer Twitter threads to AO3, I um, edit them and polish them, and that's where some of the changes happen. So I've sometimes changed, like, the final paragraphs a little bit or, like, added dialogue mostly, added detail, um, took out small continuity errors, things like that, you know, stuff that happens when you write a first draft. Um, and that's why AO3 stories of mine are always the most polished out of all of them. But I've grown quite fond of the Twitter thread version just because it is kind of like the most immediate uh, version of that story. And usually, 
you know, goes right to the meat of what I wanted to tell. So in in terms of like favorite things, um, I just wanted to write a fluffy story about Kiribaku. I love quirk shenanigans, obviously, who doesn't? Um, I love these two being like mischievous and, uh, you know, just teenagers being dumb. And yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to to show in this story. And it was really fun to write. So I hope you enjoyed it. And this was really fun to me, actually. This took a little bit longer to record than I expected. But I think I already learned a lot. And yeah, I think I'm going to keep recording some of these um, fix. So if you want to join me for the next one, uh, just keep listening. And if you want to reach out to me and let me know your thoughts or just, I don't know, get in touch, talk to me about Kiribaku, <laughs> then um, you can do so on Twitter and Tumblr and AO3 to an extent um, under the username KB Stories. Um, yeah, just come by, say hi. Uh, I don't bite. And yeah, see you in the next one.